Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. It's Redemption Day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. The Drivers' Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Oh, how good was the weekend, boys? Normality, Nimsy. We are back to being normal, sitting on the couch watching the race. I was going to say, being a couch potato. Yeah. Thank God it's winter and I don't have to mow my lawns anymore because uh, it was just the best excuse to sit around and watch racing all weekend. And, boys, mega racing. Like, the the actual competition was sensational. It was absolutely uh, stellar stuff. Ball to the wall it was. But uh, we got to get to our first guest because he was the absolute star of the show. And look, last time we spoke to Nick Perkat, we had a full-on, just a, a completely awesome intro for him. Uh, we've had that for a while, but uh, he had to go and make me change it over the weekend because he had to go and bloody win a race, didn't he? But uh, look, <laughs> we've got to get, we got to do it properly. Please welcome to the driver's seat, this man. We've got Perkat hunting down Jamie Whitcup. Change for the lead. Nick Perkat leads, and he did it beautifully. Two corners remain now for Nick Perkat, and what great success for Perkat at Sydney Motorsport Park. Well done, Nick Perkat. That was one of the best races we've seen for a long time, Propo. That's right. He joins us once again from Brad Jones Racing, the KG veteran of Brad Jones Racing. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Nick Perkat. Or Snoop Dogg, either one. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. How are you going, bro? What a sensational weekend and what a great return to racing. I've had about three chicken palmers since for the chicken dinner, just to make sure. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. It was a good weekend for us as a team, so it was, it was cool to get a win. So, um, yeah, hopefully we go back by the looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to obviously push on with a bit, that a bit later on too, yeah. which is going to be... It's tough times in there. So are you going to, you know, we'll get onto it further, but are you going to leave now, Nick, for two weeks or what's the story? I have no idea. I'm not in the hospital. I'm, I'm all right. I, think, I think that's the thing. I don't think anyone knows sort of definitively no what the, where you got to go, what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. You know, Steve and I are, are, are racing at Sandown in, when is it? September. September. We're both trying to work out whether we're going to be able to get there. So, I mean, Victoria is a hard place at the moment. And in some ways, Nick, I feel um, all the controversy now about whether Winton's going to go ahead and whether you go back to SMP is kind of taken a little bit of the fire out of your win on the weekend because it's been a long time since we've seen anyone else on the podium. I mean, 30 races, I think, you broke the drought yeah. and, uh, and, and flew the flag for BJR. Funnily enough, Brad wasn't there and you won. How good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, not good for him. <laughs> um, but it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, four years since Slady had that breakthrough weekend with the team. And then um, we've had 
many podiums since between myself and Slady, but uh, yeah, having a breakthrough for a win, so it was, it was awesome. I didn't realise that the two big dog teams had such a stranglehold on that top step for so long, so yeah, it was cool. Um, boys gave me a good car. Brad got to watch it via TV and FaceTime, I saw, with Lyco, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was good that they all got to enjoy it, and um, you know, we on Monday night after debrief, we all had a, a few drinks at around the team and um, just to celebrate it because obviously the whole crew's not there. There's no park for me where I, they can go um, to celebrate with me. There's no podium. So, um, yeah, yeah, we did our own little private one at, uh, at the workshop, which was, which was nice. So, mate, uh, 2011 Bathurst winner and 2016 Clips All 500 winner, which is obviously single driver race. What was better out of Clips All and uh, SMP on the weekend? Um hard because it's obviously the Adelaide win being an Adelaide boy and stuff like that and yeah. doing it with Lucas Umbrell with such a small team and Lucas being one of my good friends um, that's extremely special um, and obviously that race is huge you know as a single driver race but then you know the way the weekend was that we we rolled the car out well so the work we did coming into SMP was quite good um, and then the way we uh, went about our weekend and tuned the car and um, the strategy we played, I think, you know, that was very satisfying to have such a solid overall weekend. Um, we knew we were in a good spot after race one when, you know, I finished fifth. I was the first guy on the road that didn't take four tyres. Um, and then we knew we had, you know, a bit of freedom with our strategy. So we always planned one of the one of the races on Sunday, we we're going to go for the win. And uh, it just turned out it was the first one on Sunday. So it was um, yeah. it was really cool. But I think when you when you actually look at it and you look at your stats for the weekend and your your results, I think you know what's I guess exciting about that win is not just the win is the whole weekend because you didn't qualify outside the top eight in all three races and yeah. your worst result was a P nine in race three which I'm assuming was down to the fact that you sacrificed for Shame race two tires, yeah so um, but still being able to finish three races in the top 10 and apart from that p9 you were top five so i mean that's yep. that's massive isn't it like for your results wise and for your confidence for the team um and and as you know smp is a bloody hard track to to make sure that your car's right if your car is not right there you've got no chance yeah exactly and for us even that last race being ninth you know we sacrificed a you know even a position with todd because he had the good tires and was hoping he would push through and um that probably stopped my charge a little bit into that little frosty Reynolds battle. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we actually had potential to probably be in the top five every single race, which is mega. Um, we'll third for the weekend. Um, could, could speed across all the cars, uh, especially with Todd. And, you know, Macca had really good pace and practice. And that place, like you say, is extremely hard to get right. And if you don't have a good flow there or a good idea of what you need, to be fast there, it is hard to be quick, um, especially with the, the tyre dig and how you use the tyre. So, um, yeah, I was just proud of the whole team, all the guys and girls that they've, you know, in this very awkward time of uh, COVID that they've, you know, dug deep and um, we got things on the cars that we've been working on and um, we understood our package well and uh, managed to execute a good weekend. So, Nick, your, your place in the team right now, I mean, you said you just said your, your teammates there, you've got Todd Hazel and Jack Smith, and Macaulay Jones, I mean, you're the team leader there now. As, as Nimsy said, the cagey veteran of BJR. 
uh, is it <laughs> you're 30, what, Ultimate 30 years age. of age? Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, old, old at 30, my God. 30 years of age. And, and a team leader, do you feel that role? Do you feel like you're in that role or do you just feel like you're one of the team or are you pulling those guys in a direction that's that's benefiting the team? Um, I've probably kind of ended up in that position for a little bit now. It's, um, you know, the the setup and stuff like that and the development, I guess, I'm a big part of. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously now having, yeah, Todd on board, who's never really had a teammate, he's, he's, I would say he's leaning on me a little bit, which is, which is fine. Um, yep. And, you know, he's getting used to the car and the team. So, yeah, I think, and, you know, and Macca and, and Jack, I try and guide them where I can. I tell Jack to go to appearances and stuff like that, which, which he's off the hook with now. But, uh, yeah, you know, we try and help him understand what's going on. And, um, yeah, yeah, he's not – these guys, I guess, yeah, they're not walking into an easy job. You know, it's so tight at the front and it's hard to be there. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's good. And I enjoy the, um, I guess, the leadership kind of role and I work mm-hmm. hard to – behind the scenes with all that stuff. And um, I like having good input in the way the car is set up because uh, at the end of the day, it only benefits me. So um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, if we uh, work well as a team, we definitely get good results. And um, on the weekend, we had a few little directions going on. And at the end of the day, we all said, whatever is the best one come, you know, after practice or Saturday night, we all go to it. And that's what ended up happening. And and interestingly, on that point, we're set up. One of the things that we that we that was changed for SMP boys was that there was uh, a lot less data, a lot less sensors on the car. Do you reckon that helped your team combat the big teams like DJR and and uh, and Triple Eight? Did not having that data equalise the field a little bit more for you? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think the big thing to look at is. Um say the lap time we all achieved in qualifying on Saturday, then to come out the next day. And there wasn't that big jump. You didn't see a few cars or teams find half a second. Like I just matched the time I did on, on Saturday. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of them did because it was an awkward one. You you didn't want to change too much on the car because it was, for me, I thought it was better off knowing what you had a little bit, being the first one back and being able to execute a good lap with that one shot with the tires and stuff like that. So I think it was good. Um, I enjoy that that more raw, um, just give your information to the engineer and let him do his job. Um, I didn't look at any data for the weekend um, wow. at all. I didn't do a track map uh, at all. Wow. Um, my notes were simplified and um, actually emailed to my engineer to get them to him. <laughs> so he's just on his laptop because he's there at the data mahal. Rather than me annoying him, it, they just came through in three dot points. He he took him and, and off we went. But yeah, I thought it was quite, it was good because I kind of treated it like you would with the big go-kart race meeting. You know, the track was rubbering up differently to normal because there's no yeah. support categories. It was only our tyre. You know, we came into that last race and um, we knew we were going to have rubbish tyres, but we still tuned the car in a direction of the track rubbering up um, where I think, you know, other people might have got caught out and, uh, you know, done things to the car to combat an old tyre where I went the other way. I was like, no, nah, we're getting more rubber down, there's no sun, the track's been more grip, so we should be able to keep continuing in a way that is kind of traditional. So um, I enjoyed that, and it's a bit more, I guess, uh, down to the driver and his engineer, a good understanding and um, just general race car stuff, not as much engineering propeller head stuff. It's more <laughs> we need more turns 
stiff in the rear of car. You know, very simple things like a go-kart <laughs> kind of a Formula Ford changes. You know, it wasn't all these crazy different um, damper clicks and bump steers and all these other stuff that we get caught up in in geometries. It was none of that. It was just really simple yeah. stuff, which was good. Mate, um, moving to, I know, you know, there's a fair chance, um, as I said earlier, we, we'll probably talk about this more a bit later on the show with regard to Winton and what's happening there. Um, but say so you're going to Winton, it's a track very different to SMP, a lot less tyre deg. Um, yep. Do you think that format with regard to not as many tyres and that sort of thing will, will work and create that sort of racing at, at a place like Winton? There definitely won't be, it won't be as racy um, because Winton doesn't have the tyre deg. Um, yep. you know, last year, for example, I think I was running fifth. Um, and there was a late safety car or six and we actually pitted and put quality only tires on it and I only made up five spots after that safety car restart. Um, and I was, you know, there was people with huge, like massive tire difference to me and I just couldn't get through because of the way you can place the car at Winton. Um, there still is a lap time difference if you had a clear lap, but it's just very, very easy to defend at Winton and be a pain in the ass to to go behind you. Um, but I think, I think it'll still be quite racy. We can still pass there. Um, you just have to be quite aggressive. So we might see a few blokes being turned around or something like that. But you probably um, probably Darwin would probably be more more similar to yeah. SMP. I think. You don't you think? Very hard to yeah, defend Darwin. there when you got rubbish tires. You can pretty much just drive around someone if you got really good good rubber. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think as a category, if there's other things we can do to enhance tire deg while there's no fuel and stuff like that, I think um, that'll definitely be on the table. Moving forward as a category, obviously it's not going to happen tomorrow, but um, I think we've definitely seen a direction that we probably should take the category. And I think everyone enjoyed the fact that it was so close between practice sessions and races and it was just go, go, go. Yeah. And then you just kind of get to the end of it. And you're like, okay, wow, we've done two practice sessions qualifying in a race and a top 10 or top 15 shootout. Yeah. All right, see you tomorrow kind of thing. Like it was, <laughs> it, was good. Um, it was good to be that busy and... Um, just fire through it. I think. What was what was the vibe like, Nick? Because you know they, we're in the mid, in the middle of all this COVID thing. There's no crowds were there, which from a television spectating point of view didn't really you didn't notice. Didn't it. notice it. What was it like from from your point of view? Was it like going back to a state race meeting twenty years ago, or was it? What was the feeling like? What was the vibe? Um, the first thing I noticed that. All the teams, you know, we weren't allowed to socialise with each other, but, you know, you could yell out to people or just passing. I just noticed how, how happy everyone was, which is really good to see. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, be happy to be back racing and doing their, what they love, be it the mechanics, engineers or drivers. Um, and then for me, you know, the actual atmosphere there, I didn't notice that there was no one there because, like I said, we'd get there in the morning, probably have an hour or so before first practice or qualifying, whatever day it was. And then once you started that it was like session done quickly tell your information to your engineer have a drink kind of get back in it you know like it wasn't mm. like we had time just to say a state race where you would do a race at 9am and not be back on until two um yeah, it was yeah. just go 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 and then the only time i noticed it was like i said with the the podium there was no crowd there no teams no my crew yeah. wasn't there and the best thing was the the guy who waved the checkered flag and the flag is ended us straight there uh, with the first um, flag marshal box. They like good work. Nick and gave me a clap, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and no autograph sessions and no, no PR things and no media call. Well, there would have been no, a few actually, things, yeah. But... 
on it was Zoom, nice wasn't to see it? All the, yeah, there was a press conference on Zoom. But it was nice to see all the other teams actually came out and appreciated that, no offence to DJ Red Bull, that someone else had won. It, you know, I had a lot of texts from other team owners and members saying, thank God, like, yeah. well done. Um, so that was cool to see when I came down a bit late that everyone appreciated the, how hard it is to beat those two. Hey, mate, just on a, on a smaller scale of, 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 of your, importance. I can see your face. What are you about to ask? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of other things outside of just the racing. You know, obviously, when you go to a racetrack uh, and you're part of a race team like BJR or DJR or whatever it might be, um, it, it even little things like the catering. There's a massive big catering yep. tent out the back. BJR, obviously, normally have got a huge amount of people there, you know, cooking for yep. that meant, you know, a lot of staff. Same with other teams like um, DJR or Red Bull. They... they you know, they're in the same sort of area. I mean, what did you guys do there? Like, I mean, did you just roll over to the pie stand and grab a, a Dagwood dog? And what's, a, what's the go? A Dagwood dog. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was different. So um, I'm not sure if every team was the same. I think we were because we all stayed in the same hotel um, yep. to control the not seeing anyone else in the public, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually ordered my... Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner two weeks before the event. Um, wow. That's a dream for Steve. Um, <laughs> no, it's not because yeah. there, could be, there could be an update in burgers by the time I get there. So I'm going to be spewing. If I miss the, like, um, the cheesy McChicken or something, I'll be buggered. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, after the first breakfast, I realized that the uh, it was shit house. But luckily, I brought a bunch of uh, stuff from home. So I was doing my own breakfast. But anyway, they just delivered my pasta, which I normally have. I brought a loaf of bread and some peanut butter on the way to the circuit one day. So I was having that as a snack Um, and some fruit. And then, yeah, dinner was just like, it was ordinary at best. I'll be polite for them. We have to go go back now, it sounds like. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just be careful, mate. They might be listening. Just choose differently. Send send me the the food thing. I'll choose your food. You'll love it. Trust me. I tried to have have a bacon and egg burger for breakfast, and it was... Uh, Terrible. Boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You almost went just a touch Dave Reynolds. Just a Reynolds button. <laughs> I tell you oh, what, boys, no. in all seriousness, I was reading today in one of the one of the websites that when when the new format was done and it was gone down to two day race meetings instead of like a Thursday and a Friday, the whole catering thing, some they're gonna be saving like each team approximately $60,000 on catering. Wow. I mean, we haven't seen that kind of saving since Steve Johnson retired out of supercars and DJR's catering bill <laughs> went down <laughs> by about 67. Look at, that. Look so at you. you. <laughs> what a comedic genius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, but, Go on, mate. You've got to keep going. He's dropped the mic at his left. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, what I'm saying, though, is is the cost savings that have been yeah. applied, when it's all yeah. when it all washes out at the end of the year, it's going to be quite incredible. Yeah, I reckon um, it's going to be a fair bit cheaper, to be honest, uh, yeah. which is exactly what we need. We need um, good racing and much cheaper racing. Um, so, yeah, they'll come up with a new way of making sure everyone's fed correctly. But obviously, in this time, it's limited what they could do and how, how they could bring food in and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah, I think everything they're doing to implement cost cuts is uh, exactly what we need. So um, Do you want to it's exciting, I think. 
do you, would you what's well, your suggestion on well, ways that they could further cut costs? Well, I think they've already saved that much already on, you know, just just travel and hotels and all that sort of stuff with days like days and days less and people less, but yeah, also. Okay. You know, Nick, I mean, I've been very, very vocal in saying that the current car is way too expensive to build and way too expensive to run. So that the next gen of car, supercars, needs to really be careful with what they do and how they do it because the car needs to be a much cheaper car to, to purchase or build and a much cheaper car to run to make it viable for most teams. Yeah, I um, I don't know much about the costings of what it costs to run one and stuff like that, but um, I think yeah, like you say, with the how many days we're at the track, I flew in mm. uh, Friday lunchtime and I was gone again Sunday, so um, obviously two nights away rather than some events where they're Wednesday till Monday. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. You think how many people these teams take away to put them in a hotel room, feed them, send all that kind of thing for three days before the event and the day after is just out of control. So I love the fact that, like say, if we go to Winton, I'll get there Saturday morning and yep. race Happy the things and come home Sunday night. So I think I think it's good and um, I don't know if it's ever possible, but to have nearly like a standalone supercar weekend and then the, all the sport categories have their own standalone weekend would be even better because we would all be there less time. Um, but I don't know if that's possible, but um, yeah, I think the less time we can... Spend the standing around, the better. <laughs> totally agree. Speaking of standing around, mate, we've got to, we're going to let you go. But uh, if you're a Nick Percat fan and you feel like a buying a significant piece of Nick Percat memorabilia, you're selling your bike, your pushy, your roadie. <laughs> oh, wait, mate, I see on Facebook mate, today. What's, what's that going to be? Sold the sim, selling the bike. <laughs> no. Yeah, sold the uh, simulator's already gone. Oh wow, yeah, sim's gone, bike's gone. <laughs> No, no, the bike is, um, so I have a deal with the bike shop in Adelaide in Cervelo. Um, so it gets changed over every six months. So I just advertise it as they do as well. And it gets put in a box and sent back to Adelaide unless someone buys it in Victoria and I'll hand it to them. So I'll have a, I'll have the same bike back here in a few days. So lucky. I'm just lucky. I don't have to Good to be a race it. driver, isn't it? Hey, how good is that? And uh, just in case anyone's listening uh, in Adelaide on 1629 SENSA, the address of that place, Nick, is? Uh, so it's uh, Bicycle Express. We get the Nick Percat special, that bike. <laughs> there we go. Never ridden on weekends. <laughs> it's done about 19,000 kilometres, though. Have you seen how much he rides? No. What yeah. a whippet. Like, he's so thin. 4,500. If I go, I'm getting an e-bike. I go, then I can go riding with him. How do you not know that I haven't sneakily put a little motor Ooh. down in the crank? Ooh. How do you yeah. think I do these days? Tour de France special. Yeah, I'm just getting a motorbike. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do any pedaling. Just give me a motorbike. That's going to be one of those motorbike riders at the Tour de France that smashes into all the bike riders. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, Nick, we we appreciate you jumping on board the driver's seat, mate. Uh, as you, as you said, you, it wasn't just team owners and fans. It was almost everyone when you crossed that line. In fact, when you did that pass on Jamie. I think the entire country was willing you to uh, <laughs> go past that finish line, mate. So congratulations on the win. It's a great one to add to the resume. And uh, thanks for joining us on the driver's seat once again. No worries. Thanks for having me. And thanks for updating the uh, intro. Well played. <laughs> no worries, mate. I'll look forward to updating it again when you grab a couple more, uh, snag a few more wins. But uh, Nick Furcat joining us here on the driver's seat. We'll take a quick break. Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia.
Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to our mates at Kubota. And if you want to listen back to Nick Perkett, you can, of course, do so via The Driver's Seat app. Rev up your smartphone with The Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store featuring podcasts, interviews, and news. It is a must for all motorsport fans. Guys, we've got a couple of our texts on the old Speckle text machine. 0433 98 11 16 is the number if you'd like to get in touch on the Speckle text machine. Uh, a couple of people. I don't think it'll happen. People's safety comes first. This, of course, in regards to Winton. Uh, another one. I don't see the problem. Agreed, D- by the way. I don't see the problem. DJRTP, Triple Eight, and JC can just isolate for two weeks when they return. Says Cam. <laughs> um, Not going to happen. So it's it's the big elephant in the room, and we'll start off with the fact that obviously we're in a bit of a situation, to put it least, mm. Mm. and um, it could affect our next round. I think you'll find by this time tomorrow night it'll absolutely have affected the round. In fact, my my inside sources are telling me that uh, tomorrow morning they're actually going to make an announcement that we will be going back to back at SMP. We will not be going to Winton, and I don't, I, I, I can't see how you can go back to Winton, Stevie J. I mean, Melbourne right now. Let's not let's not get emotional about it. Right now, Melbourne's a hot spot. Yep, and and we can't be putting people in that that level of danger, teams, fans, officials, anything. So Not right just officials, now, yeah, but like, yeah, you know, flaggies, things like that. That's uh, what I mean, yeah. yeah you can't, I mean, you just can't do it. So, I mean, like Italy, like Spain, like the UK, um, you've just got to avoid it. And right now, you've got to avoid Melbourne. So yeah. I just don't see how it can happen. And if SMP does go ahead, sorry to interrupt, Steve, if SMP does go ahead again, which they're saying that it more than likely will, learned a whole bunch of stuff over the weekend. It'll be interesting to see how they apply it and see whether we get really great racing again because it was a cracker on the weekend. Yeah, it was some of the best racing we've seen Agreed. for a long, long time. Uh, but you, even if you do, I know I know that, that last uh, message that came in, Nimsy, that said, you know, I don't see the issue. We can go back and quarantine. Well, the problem that we go to Melbourne and then the Queensland teams come back and have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. Then after the quarantine, that only gives them a week to prepare the cars and then get the cars to Darwin. Mm. You know, so um, there's Tight a lot generator. more, a lot more to it than just coming home and quarantining for, for two weeks. So well, yeah, I think an- that's another one here. I think is probably reading your mind here, Steve, because Mark on the text machine, very tricky situation for Qu- uh, Queensland teams. I was going to say called. Um, <laughs> no, I'm having a great night with the text You're, machine. You are on fire. <laughs> very tricky situation for Queensland teams. No team can afford to have 11 team members locked away for 14 days when they return as the cars need to be turned around and in Darwin in a three-week time frame. Mm-hmm. Very astute, Mark. Absolutely. Like, like I said, two yeah. weeks of quarantine, one week yeah. of turning around. And don't forget, it's four days to get to Darwin on road. Yeah. So really that would only leave if you're including weekends, two to three days max to prep cars and turn the whole thing around. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, look, while, we'll, while borders are closing up here, we'll turn to our next bit of uh, news that came out during the week. Crowds, they're back at Darwin. This is going to be something that I'm sure a lot of us are looking forward to because uh, while for the TV coverage at home, having no crowds really doesn't make too much of a difference when it comes to supercars. No. Obviously, it'd be nice to see the Triple Crown with a couple of uh, punters there. Yeah, it would. And I would just caution right now and say that, that they're saying 4,500 uh, tickets will be available per day at Hidden Valley at this stage. I mean, look how things have changed in the last, literally the last, what, 72 hours with the Melbourne situation. Mm. So at this stage, it looks like they're going to be back. It's an unreal round. If you've never been to 
Darwin supercars around Hidden Valley. Um, it is just a mega time of year. It's a great mm. track. It's nice and warm. Usually the Victorians love going there. It's, it's Caruso country. It's Caruso country, absolutely. <laughs> just on that, by the way, um, Caruso was the latest guest on the V8 Sleuths podcast. Very, very funny. If you just get on and have a listen to that, our friend Aaron Noonan and the, and the V8 Sleuths podcast, get on and have a listen to Caruso. It's very funny. Um but yes, Darwin, uh, glad it's going ahead. Glad we're going to have another round a little bit further into the year. Um, and if you've never been, you've got to get there once all this clears out. So it's a great round. Uh, now, if you, if you are someone that has already purchased tickets, uh, you'll have first priority to repurchase some new tickets. But uh, pre-sale tickets are available for 48 hours before going on sale to the general public. That'll be happening tomorrow at 9 a.m. It's going to be a very, very busy 9 a.m. for Sean Seymour, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, if they haven't got their internet uh, cranking... <laughs> it it may fall over. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, I think everybody. I think there'll be tens of thousands of people hitting that return button with everything pre-entered in at nine o'clock and one second, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an absolute smashmotion. One last one before we get to the break uh, off the speckled text. Uh, add your name if you're going to text into because we'd love to give you guys credit. We are getting some very good questions. Uh, move it to somewhere else if need be. Don't give us another event without racing. I don't care where it is. Give us some racing or get the teams and drivers to self-isolate for two weeks after. So I, what, I don't understand I, by some racing because I think the racing there at SMP was fantastic. Was there brilliant. was that much passing. Uh, there was that much strategy with regard to tyres and when to use them. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm not 100% sure about the I racing. Think, I, I think Old Mate just doesn't want a weekend without racing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don't we all? Absolutely. Lawns are going to be mowed on some weekends. So, you know, you can cancel racing for that weekend. But, I mean, and, and look, it's a hard one. I know that it, not, not everyone's a fan of SMP, but you can't go to Melbourne right now. So you can't go to Phillip Island. You can't go to Sandown. You can't go to Winton. And even if we went to Queensland Raceway, if we brought, uh, Willowbank back online. The Victorian teams have, to have the same issue of us go of, of Queenslanders going down there. Mm. So it's a really diff- difficult one. And also, when you think of it with SMP, it's been run, it's been won. The officials know what to do. The teams know what to do. Mm. Everyone's plugged and play and ready to go. All they got to do is reapply for another an app- another sporting application, and they can go again. The only thing with them is that they will have to – obviously, the decision's got to be made quickly, as we think it's going to be made tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, because the people that are going up there, they're going to have to self-isolate. It's, I don't think they'd actually – it's only coming to Queensland, isn't it? So they no, don't it's have only to, coming to Queensland. going yeah, to New yeah. South Wales. Yeah. But, yeah, it's – it's. I mean, it's it's hard. Like, it's such a – it's such a – we don't know what's around the corner with any of this stuff coming up. And that's why we can't predict what's going to happen at uh, Darwin. We can't predict what's going to happen. I mean, no, that's we can't mean, predict can't what's going to happen at Bathurst. No, you know, no, no. Sydney's had a few cases popping up the last few days. So you, you know one of the things of I also thought, boys, is that a lot of the cases in Melbourne right now are in that northern echelon of Melbourne, right? Where's Tickford Racing? They're, they're broad meadows. They're right smack dab in the middle of it, all around them. So when you think of all the crews and all that kind of stuff going down to... Oh, well, going down uh, to a, Tickford is technically in Campbellfield, but it is in that greater well, area of Well, Campbellfield, Hume. broad meadows, Hume sort of area. Mm. 
um, there's going to be crew that are going to be in and around areas all around there where some of these hotspots are. So I wonder if it'll affect staffing as well for Tickford mm. because, you know, they're not all going to be living. The Tickford staff, if, if, you li- if you work at Tickford, you don't live at Elwood and you don't live at, you know, you don't live at Studfield or Knoxfield. You're going to be living around those sorts of areas. So it'll be interesting to see if, Tickford are able to survive, not survive, I shouldn't say that, if Tickford can make it through all this without any sort of staff stand stand downs because of COVID as well. Mm, very much so. Let us know what you think. You can jump on board the speckled text. We'll, we'll take a quick break. There is a lot of, obviously, speculation and uh, hearsay, but uh, we've got plenty to get through here on uh, the driver's seat. So uh, we've finally, finally got an update to the Penrite Power Rankings. We'll do that next right here on the driver's seat. <laughs> This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Hey, it is great to have your company on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, and together we are building Australia. Right now, it is time for this. This is the driver's seat power rankings. Very, very simple. The power rankings are a best and fairest vote, which is judged by Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson after each round. Obviously, we haven't done it in a very, very long time. Uh, let's give you a quick update off the power rankings. This was before the BP Ultimate Super Sprint. Five votes, Scott McLaughlin. Four votes to Will Davison. Two votes to Shane Van Gisbergen. And one vote to Cameron Waters. Uh, before we quickly move on, I uh, do want to quickly mention Will Davison because it is one of the biggest crimes, well, not crimes, it's one, it's one of the biggest shames that came out of the weekend that we couldn't see Will back on the grid. And uh, Steve, obviously you and Will were teammates for quite a while back at Dick Johnson Racing. And we've just sort of seen that it's it's just the nature of the sport in the sense that there's a lot of drivers out there because Will's not the only one. Um, you know, you'd argue Garth Tander still deserves a full-time drive, Michael Caruso, Tim Slade. But uh, unfortunately, it's a pretty cutthroat, cutthroat precision. Um, do you think we'll be seeing Wilbur back at any time or what do you think his moves would be uh, as the season goes on? It's a hard one, Nimsy, because, you know, it does rely heavily on uh, funding and the corporate dollar. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think now, unless we see something similar happen, uh, to somebody else, I don't think we're going to see him back full time this year. I think obviously year. he's working very, very hard next year to try to fill a seat and yeah. bring some. He's got some good backing uh, personally, yeah. but um, whether that's enough to get him a seat, I don't know. Um, but you know, you, uh, you you can almost guarantee that you'll see him on the grid at an enduro, you know, as an enduro driver somewhere. So oh, he'd be a gun enduro you know, driver, absolutely. So yeah. I think you know, it's it's just you know, Will was just you know. Wrong place, wrong time, and you know, we've been there before. There's a lot of us that have been there, and and it's it's not ideal, but it's just the lay of the land and the way that business rolls. It's it is it's relentless to anybody. And the hard thing, Nimsy, is that you know, Will's a young man. Um, normal folk, we sort of retire out of our careers at you know sixty odd years of age. He's he's a racing driver. That's his been his career. Uh, he's a young man, and now what would he be? Uh, 40, maybe, late 30s? Yeah, late 30s. Late 30s, and all of a sudden here he's faced with the fact that uh, his career may be stopping. So, uh, you know, I through think Through no fault of his uh, own, too, yeah. Through no fault of his own. Yeah. It's just, as, as Stevie J rightly says, it's it's this finances thing is... is 37. The wor- 37. The worst part of our game is that no matter how skilled you are, usually you've got to bring a couple of bucks. Mm. And as you rightly say, Nimsy, 
seeing Garth Tander get turfed out of the car because of a lack of funding at GRM, you know, someone who's been around for 20-plus years, uh, is very sad. And and unless you've got a side business, like Jamie Wincup's got a, a really successful coffee shop and, and uh, he's bought into Triple Eight and he's got the car wash and all that kind of stuff, he could retire tomorrow and still have a very healthy career. Wilbur, he doesn't have another job. He doesn't have anywhere to go to. So let's really, fingers crossed, someone comes out of the uh, out of the woodwork and, and gets him back in a chair. Mm, 100% there. But uh, yeah, Will Davison, fourth uh, in second spot on our power rankings. Okay, let's start off. SMP, we'll start off with you, Matty. One vote uh, or are we going to go three, vote. two, one? Well, I, it's, I don't mind, mate. It's up to you. It, oh, it is a celebration of BJR. Yeah, let's I go. Think, th- let's go three, two, one. We're used to seeing we're used to seeing Triple Eight and and DJRTP up the front there, but I reckon two drivers at least within BJR put a really good showing. So we'll go three, two, one. Uh, first off, for breaking the thirty race win streak of the two mighty teams, Nick Perkett for three points. Mm-hmm. I thought he drove brilliantly well, and as Stevie J said earlier, was never out of the top ten. Qualified beautifully. Um, and had really good strategies. So I think Nick Percat for three points. I tell you who did surprise me, Todd Hazelwood, boys. He's, I'm going to give him two points because he was also, at times, genuinely fast. If he didn't have that failure in the car, uh, I think was it race three, um, he could have genuinely won that. He could have absolutely won it. So uh, coming of age is young Todd Hazelwood. I also love the livery of his car, the uh, brute military Oh, the military brute grade. military grade. Yeah, sensational. So uh, well done to those guys. But... Scotty Mack won the weekend. You can't you can't fault him. He's ten kilos lighter. He's looking fit. He's focused. Um, applied his trade beautifully. Well, sits atop with five votes. But I'm going to give him another one. So he'll go to six. Ooh, another vote. Another vote. Well, I I'm going to adjust mine a little bit now that I've heard what yours is. <laughs> So well, I had to hide it from you this time because normally you copy. So I pulled <laughs> come it right on, across. Come on. Normally I'm talking first, so how can I copy? <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to give Nick Perkat three votes. Uh, absolutely stellar, stellar weekend yep. all round. Yep. Qualifying, racing. Yes, yep. he got a race win, but it wasn't down Consistent. to being a fluke. He was fast. Yeah, he was fast. He was in the top. He'd finished the first race fifth. He won the second race. And due to the fact that obviously he put all his eggs in one basket, he struggled a bit in the third, but he still finished ninth. Yeah. Well and truly inside the top 10. Uh, Scotty Mack for two points for me. Uh, I mean, what do you say? What do you say about the bloke? Super he, consistent. He, he, he's so consistent. He slightly, I think, one one hundredth of a second beat his previous qualifying record on a track that is definitely slower mm. than two years ago mm-hmm. than when they were last there. The, the the grip and the the condition of the surface is definitely worn a lot more, which means it's not just a little bit slower there. It's, you know, half second, three mm. quarters of a second slower and to equal his time just goes to show how quick they're all going. Because he, he wasn't on pole by a massive amount. Like there was hundreds no, between them, yeah, you yeah. know, um, tenths between them. Four so, hundreds, I think, at one stage. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to give my one vote to none other than Lee Holdsworth. Oldie. He had a yeah, ripping weekend. That's true. He had a ripping weekend. Yep. Uh, he was, you know, you know, finished fourth in race, uh, race one, race one. Yeah, race one. He yep. finished fourth. Um, he was obviously second in race three at SMP. I'm not sure where he finished in race two. He was sort of there or thereabouts. He was always up in the thick of it. Yep. Um, and pretty much he was, I mean, Cam Waters was there too, but he seemed to be 
on par with Cam Waters as the leader of Tickford Racing over the weekend. So yeah. oh, good Don't on disagree. Leroy. Really good, you know, considering coming into this season, at the end of last season, we didn't even know if he was going to have a seat, mm-hmm. uh, if they were going to extend his deal. And then same again, obviously, at the end of uh, 2018, going into 2019. Um, you know, just, I think, a great grab by Tickford and, and you know, such a good bloke that yep. that can really help develop that team. He's further, repaying further the faith, the isn't he? He's really yeah, he repaying is. the faith. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. Um, hey, that puts Nick Perkett in second place at the moment. It does. That's going to vault him to second place, I think, Nimsy, does it not? Uh, I haven't done the maths, and I'll do it in one of the breaks. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we know. Wow. We, well, know, we, were, we know Will Davison didn't get any. So yeah, Scotty Mack was on five. We've given him, you've given him two, and I've given him so one. This. So that puts him to eight. You gave Percat and I gave Percat three each, so that's six. Matt, you don't need to use your calculator for this. <laughs> Just work it out. <laughs> this, is, this is also... The abacus machine is smoking right now, so I quickly try and do that. This is I'm also... running out of fingers. I think one of the first times we haven't seen anyone from Red Bull Holden Racing Team in the power ranking. So it uh, could, be, could be interesting uh, to see what happens. Like, I, I really thought Shane was going to be a force on the weekend. Because uh, he typically is there. He's got yeah, good form at SMP. He was fast in Anything race one. Low grip, he's got good form. He was fast in race one. He, mm-hmm. he brained him there two years ago in the, in the Super Night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, that, right after that race one where, you know, the only reason he couldn't pass Scotty, even though he was on better rubber, was mm-hmm. because of the aerodynamics of the cars, which makes it hard to follow. Um, but just seemed to lose their way on Sunday. Um, really dropped away, especially in the races, right? That first race that Nick won on Sunday, um, it was like he had a bad set of mm. tyres that, he, that yeah. they just didn't recover from the day yeah. before, um, yeah. and he went backwards. So uh, very disappointing. And, and even Shane, I think, would um, you know would say that... He'd be scratching his head on that one. Yeah, well, they just don't know yet. Yeah. And he, he said that to me on text. Do you know what I'm really surprised out. at? What's Steve that? Johnson? Jack Smith, no votes from you. No? Nothing for Jack Smith. Are we are we running a different <laughs> a different leaderboard for a different your competition? Mate, your mate Jack. There we go. The reverse oh, the reverse rankings. Uh, yeah, a, yeah. I, I mean, love, I love making you justify your uh, your attitude every week. Oh, Jack no. Smith, worthy mm. of, a, of a point? No. Well, I just I'm just I was just looking on Supercars website here, and there's a photo of Jack Smith, and it says rookie's Sydney learning curve. So I just got a. Um, he's reflected on a mixed weekend at the BP Ultimate Sydney Super Sprint. So I don't know what mixed was about. What did he mix? Well, you know, we, we've only got, we, we've only got uh, we've only got the six votes that we can give out. So uh, that's, that's yeah. I'm assuming that's what one it day, was. Jack. One day soon. <laughs> but um, you are listening Maybe. to you're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to our mates at Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. We'll get to some of your texts and uh, correspondence because there's a couple of good questions coming in, lads. We'll do that next. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. If you want to be a part of the show, very easy to do so. 0433981116 on the speckle text. A couple of texts coming through at the moment, guys. Evening, fellas. If supercars have to return to SMP, could they easily use a different track layout to keep everyone on their game? I believe Eason Creek has three or four track versions. Good question. Yeah. Great question, and and the bottom line answer is absolutely they could. Uh, in Imagine fact, if they used the short track, like I used when we went night racing with TCM. Yeah, so to make we, so you're aware, uh, the short track is you come out of the hairpin, you come around the right hander, you dip down. So into, turn two turn and then turn three, three down. Instead of turning right at turn four. You go left. You go left, and you actually join up at turn eight, which yes, is the which actual is the other hairpin, the other hairpin off Corporate Hill. Mm. Uh, absolutely, you could do that, and I seem to recall 
Yes, you guys did it in TCM during a supercar event, maybe, or was that a... Was that the Sydney Master Blast? No, it was the Master Blast. Master Blaster, yeah, okay. So, yeah, great question. You could absolutely do it, um, and I don't see why they shouldn't, just to mix it up. They wouldn't do the other part of the circuit, which takes them over a hill and down a dale and this, that, and the other. I don't think you could do that. And it's too narrow down there. It's more designed, I think, for club and drifting than than it is for national. But I'd love to see that little cut through at the back there. I've only done it about 4,000 times as an instructor. Well, the, the, great, supercar, the supercar teams use it a lot for their ride days. Of course they do. And yep. because obviously the, the whole track around SMP mm. would take, if you you know, if you got you know, 80-odd rides for the day to split between two cars, it's a fair chunk to get done. They only just get that stuff done using the short track, let alone the long track. So they use they all use the short track. Uh, one other one here, guys. So I'm guessing this is during our talk of the power rankings. Is it Fab's not doing a good enough job, or is it Scotty that's just much quicker? Remember, there are six other Mustangs as well, and they can't get near him. RBR are the only two cars consistently able to run near him. Maybe he's just that good. Well, he's damn Steve good. Steve Johnson, I'm going to throw he that is, over to you. Well, he is damn good. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. He is damn good, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, I think, you know, Fab's needs to up his game. He's not doing good enough. Yep. Simple as that. You know, mm-hmm. if he hears this and rings me tomorrow, then fine. But mm. if you don't know and you can't see that in yourself, then there's something wrong. Absolutely. When you're, and, and we love Fabs, just put that oh, out I love there, him. He's a great bloke. Great bloke. Well with him. But when but your just... teammate is first consistently and you're, if you are second or third, you know, like Rubens Barrichello yeah. to Michael Schumacher or whatever, you say, hey, you know, great. That's, that, he's a really he good, did a great job in great quality, for the team. especially on Sunday. He was up there with him in the second row. But but when you're eighth, ninth, yeah. seventh, that, there's something missing in the building blocks when of you're out, right now. When you're at it. the back end of the top ten or outside yeah. of the top ten, yeah. not good enough. No, no way. No. You should be top five at, at worst. It's the same bit of kit. Yeah, absolutely. And even if he has to change his driving style because he is a left foot breaker, mm. now whether that would play a role in these sprint races, probably not. Certainly does in the long distance races because he uses more fuel. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that's going to be an anomaly. Great question. Another great question. That's, mm. But that's going to be something that I fear, and we can we can drag out the crystal ball on this one and dust them off, that I think that will be a big discussion at the end of this year as to what the makeup for DJR team Penske will be. I think it'll be, be at the end of the year. year. I think it's got to be, it's got to start soon. Yeah. Because the year's well, we will gone know. already. We will know by the end of the year mm. what the lineup of DJR TP is going to be, whether it's yeah. Scotty and Fabs or whether it's, do we do a prediction? Go on. Get your crystal ball out, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> I, all right. If, if I will say this. If Scotty McLaughlin does make it to the United States to do IndyCar or sports car with Penske and leaves that organisation, I think um, Anton Di Pasquale will go to fill that seat. And if they do not, in fact, re-sign Fabian Coulthard, I think that's a way for Will Davison to get back in. So Will Davison and Anton Di Pasquale at DJRTP next year. If Scott leaves. Which might actually just be called... And do you think that would dictate what would happen there if Scott leaves or stays? So if he stays, what's your prediction? Uh, if Scott stays, I think, and it pains me to say, I think Fabian will be gone, and I think Anton Di Pasquale will be in. And I, know, might, and I day, might even add there, just with a little bit of salt on mm-hmm. the end there, that it might not even be DJR Team Penske next year. Oh, it might just be DJR. I'm hearing the jungle drums. I yeah. think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, and, and you can't, 
ignore what's going on. You can't ignore mm. the fact that there's a lone ranger up the front with a heap of pace. Heap of pace, mm-hmm. but there's a heap of guys around him that are ready to bash him up, you know, and he needs a wingman and he hasn't got a wingman. As yep. simple as that. You, you need a wingman up there, you know. Rebel Holden Racing Team do a great job. Shane and Jamie work so well together. Totally. You know, if one's faster than the other, they work as a team. Yeah. Um, if they're both the same speed, they race on. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, they help each other out. And, um, you know... Scott's a lone ranger right now. Absolutely. And, mm. and that's not opinion. That's fact. That's All you've got to do is look at the results. They don't lie. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. With all the stuff that's going on with COVID and all that kind of stuff, that is going to be a high, high, high-intensity focus by, no doubt, by Bathurst, mm. I imagine. Well, keep your correspondence coming through. 0433 98 11 is our number, or you can call us one 736 736 We'll take a quick break and a reset with the driver's seat up next. Now on the driver's seat, the podium. We're going to dive into three talking points for the weekend. Can I just go back to that? Hmm. I, I feel that we... that No, it's all right. Go on. I Come on. Gonna, uh, no, I was going to say something about the national anthem, but it's all right. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, why aren't I on the credits again? It's always, <laughs> oh, Johnson got him. <laughs> Come on, Matthew. No, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to grace that with an answer. Anyway, well, but I, sh- I should be on the It's no, yeah, you should. <laughs> it's not, oh, McGowan's in the fence. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's get to the podium for the evening. Uh, now, the podium, as I said, focuses on three talking points that the boys will dive into. We'll start off with P1. Two rattle guns. Do we like it? Yep. G Rouse. G Rouse. G Rouse. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, very good. I think um I think any time that you can throw a further human element into a pit stop type environment um causes potential issues and delays mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and action. Uh so absolutely. Yep. Love it. Keep it. I think I think uh for the people that I feel the most relieved for is Erebus that they didn't cross red or not. Could you imagine that? After... Was Barry there? Barry was uh, there. Yes, he was. He was on the tools he, he there. He was, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good. Because you, would, you wouldn't want to stuff up a, a pit stop at Erebus, would you? No, not this way. after you were, watching there. Not after watching Inside Line. No. It's just you don't want to do that. You were right in the firing no. line if that was the case. But uh, oh. <laughs> another one. This one might be towards the other end of the pool in terms of uh, enthusiasm. A top 15 shootout. I didn't mind it. I didn't I, mind it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's no uh, there's no other on track, um, you know, class like support, no support categories. No yeah. So hey, so that you need to obviously fill a pretty big void in the time mm. of the race meeting, and top fifteen should it does that. But I think it, it, I loved it because you just see people in there that you don't normally see having a crack, which is really mm. cool. But mm-hmm. secondly, that even though it didn't as much at SMP that I thought it would, it could really throw a spanner in the works and throw a couple of randoms up. Especially if you get some weather in the middle of it too. 100%. Yeah. You know, and it looked like at one stage at the the shootout there that it was going to get a bit ugly towards the end of the Mm -hmm. top 15 shootout, which meant it would have been, you know, Scotty and Jamie and uh, SVG and Chazzy Mozzie and and those guys that were going to struggle. So, um, you know. In fact, I thought qualifying as a whole with that Formula One type dropout, 
you know, you got to make it to quality two and mm. then quality three. And I thought that was sensational. So keep yeah. that, which I believe they are for uh, for Darwin anyway. They're going to have another top fifteen shootout there. So, but I think you're absolutely right. No support categories. Get them out as much as possible. Get them on track. Um, and I love the pressure of a shootout. One lap. Yeah. Give it all you got. Full beans, and away you go. Yeah. Last but not least on the podium. Should we keep the new Super Sprint format? So obviously, they were going to make some changes to the Super Sprint format for 2020. It was meant to be both Saturday and Sunday races have 200 kilometres with a 120-litre fuel drop. Obviously, the format at SMP, gone was um, that that was completely thrown out the window. Three 130-kilometre races without refueling and one compulsory pit stop for at least two tyres. What do we think? Oh, I reckon... Keep yeah, it. I didn't mind it. I don't think you're going to be able to have that kind of schedule, though, when we get support categories back. Like, you know, these guys were out of their cars. As Nick, I think, said, have a sandwich, tell the engineer, have a drink, get back in the car and away you go. You can't do that when there's TCM and no. Carrera Cup and DVS and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind it. I thought the whole weekend was a cracker. So, And that's not just because we haven't had any racing for the last 12 weeks. I actually just thought as a standalone event, it was a cracker. So um, take what we've learned from it, apply it, what worked, and disregard what didn't work. But on the yeah. whole, I thought supercars, the teams, the track, everyone did a great job. Uh, and I think it just goes to show that you don't need a massively long two-hour, 200-kilometer race no. to have an entertaining race. No, I agree. You know, And there was still strategy in those, yep. those shorter races. Yep. Maybe chuck in a little bit of fuel, I think, at some point would be great. Maybe fill up with a a Bunnings five litre Jerry or something would be mint. <laughs> right? With a with a screw on spout. That'd be mint, you know? Oh, bring back the trolley jack the trolley the, jacks yeah, and the trolley you know, jacks. All that kind of stuff. And just the, one rattle gun. Pa- stutton, one rattle, one rattle gun. Uh, Throw it over the top. No, just one five stud pattern wheels, I'm trying to <laughs> nah, say. No, no, yeah, you're not even that. You maybe maybe just the big wheel brace with one wheel lock, yeah, lock on it. <laughs> But uh, that was the podium here on the driver's seat. We got a lot more of the show to get through, a lot to talk about. Formula One returns, we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, we did talk about the racing, and I do want to talk about one big moment. But we'll get to that in just a tick on the driver's seat. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. It is so good to be actually talking about some live racing. Mm. We'll get to some Formula One chat in just a bit, but we want to talk about something else that happened at SMP. In fact, it's this week's Bendix Brakes Big Moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes Big Moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. If you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix Brakes. Oh, here oh, we go. Down the inside comes Mostert, and he thinks about it. That's awkward. These two have got history. Cam gives him some space. Now Mostert is going to run down the inside. This is perfect news for McLaughlin because it'll give him a bit more pace as they make their way to the braking area, and he'll try and thread down the inside if he can. you got McLaughlin on the inside. Waters pops back out the other side. Mostert steps across the line, and they're getting to a point where it's almost three wide on the run up towards nine and ten. What a fabulous race for the Miners. between the two corners and position the car perfectly. Three laps remain. Cam Waters is still on the podium at the moment. Now McLaughlin has a double dive down the inside into four. And remember that Waters has compromised at five. Got he it. gets a run down the inside and this is going to give McLaughlin the run to the left-hander. Mostert tries to buy in here as well. So a gentle easing of the throttle by McLaughlin on the way out. They make contact. Oh, he contact and there's a the part on the right rear of that thing. Four of them in a block of supercars in the right-hander. 
That was a fantastic passage of racing there. You're right. That was to listen to Crompton and Scaife trying to edge his way in there. And, How Scaifey, and... though. Oh, no. <laughs> He's in. He won by a nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always wins by a nose. Um, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, and, and I think, I think um, after so many weeks off Stevie J, had we come back to racing and had been a bit of a sleeper, like if Scotty Mack had come out and belted everyone and then it was SVG five seconds behind and then five seconds back to win cup and all that kind of stuff, it would have been all a bit ho-hum. So yes. I reckon the folks at Supercars would have been breathing a lot easier that it was just... G Rouse Racing. I mean, it was unreal to see those guys dicing and battling and whacking around. Yeah, it was. And it was all respectful too, you know? Like, it wasn't overly, um, I guess, sadistic, I guess you'd call it. You know, like, yeah, there no, was, it was just, it was just hard just racing. Grab each other yeah, a little racing. bit of biff and, like, yeah. I'm sure. People gave each other room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they gave each other mostly room. But then I think Cam Waters, I think they're... He turned in and gave Scotty one because, yep. you know, Scotty sort of moved him out a bit wide up the hill. And that's good stuff. How he did not end up in the fence through that corner being hit where he was hit, I will never know. In, in a, no, in, just in a hundred grip of that rear Mustang, maybe. 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 Or maybe, maybe it was just that driving talent we were talking about earlier in the show. serious skill, but I mean, any, nine to, 99 Maybe it was the fact that the rear bumper bar folded up so easily it didn't really actually did. do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but 99 times out of 100, if we'd have been going through there and we'd been hit at the same place, we would have been fired into the fence hard. Yep. But it was, so it was great. It was really great to see that the guys are willing to have a crack at it. It was absolutely stellar racing there. And the minute you saw uh, Chaz Mostert come up the back of Cam Waters, you were just like... Oh, we're in for a treat here. Uh, yeah, here we go. Play yeah. on. They were very quiet. I'm like, Chazzy, give him one. I was just... Because they... Oh, no, actually, no, it's the other way around. Cam, give him one. Because Chaz normally seems to dish yeah. out, doesn't he? <laughs> WAU had, a, had a, another weekend where I thought potential... They were good on Saturday. They were good, yeah. Sorry, they were good in race one and two. Yeah, I, again, last race, solid struggled, potential. But, yeah, because they'd all fried the tires. Yes, but. he was in the in the Nick Perkat corner there yeah. where they, he'd... he'd, he'd Shot his uh, gun early mm-hmm. and um, yeah, really. Like I think he had no tires. Like he no, literally. No I think tires. maybe Nick had two tires left. Chaz maybe had two, but if you put put four tires on each race, literally you've only got two left mm. for the final race. Two new ones for the final race. So I, t- I, I tell think, you what, you can see though. But having sorry, Maddie, but before you go, but having said that, Nick was in the same position and Nick was P nine. Yes. So that's right. What I was going to say, potential. It, 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 the arrival of Chaz, I think, has re-energised them. And I think uh, Bryce Fullwood's still learning and getting accustomed to it all. But he had, he had some good runs. He had a good run at the front yep. in one of the races. And I just think uh, it's showing potential. It's a very I good think. match, isn't it? It's just they sort of yeah. complement each other. You've got the young gun in Bryce and the old young gun. If that makes well, sense. Well, you haven't got two, and I wouldn't, you know, I don't like saying egos, but it is in a way. It's like almost desperation pride between two teammates when you look at Waters and mm. and Chaz together. Mm. They desperately, even though they're on the same team, they wanted to beat each other more than they wanted to beat anybody else yeah, in the field. Yeah. And that showed with the amount of times they come together, you know. And you won't find that because Bryce won't be like that with Chaz because he's a new, he's the rookie. Yeah, last thing he, he wants to do is bin it. hundred percent. So he'll learn a lot from Chaz. And Chaz is almost freed to work and do what he needs to do without 
um, worry of you know having to try to do something with a teammate. So. I, I I think he's dragging that car at the moment. I think he's dragging it up the front, and uh, it'll be great when that car actually catches up to Chaz because I think Chaz is ahead of the car at the moment. <laughs> one on the speckle text. Makes sense. Uh, one on the tech machine from Shane. Can someone please start a team called G Rouse Racing? Hashtag <laughs> he's good on you, Shane. He's going to go in tomorrow and go, how are you, Shane? And he's going to go, G Rouse. G Rouse. Well, I'm just G Rouse, boys. <laughs> well done. Ready for a big day. Good on you, Shane. Well done, Shadow. Thanks for jumping on board. But uh, you're listening to the driver's seat. We've got plenty to get through here. <laughs> Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We are here thanks to our mates at Kubota, Building Australia. Big thank you to everyone for listening wherever you are around the country on the driver's seat app or here on 1116 SEN in Melbourne or 1629 SENSA. It's that time of the show, guys, where we delve into the archives. This is the driver's seat race rewind. As I was telling you guys during the break, uh, one milestone at the BP Ultimate Sydney Mm -hmm. Super Sprint over the weekend that we haven't mentioned yet, is the 500th race start for seven-time champ Jamie yes. Winkup. Yeah, what a milestone, Stevie J. I mean, you, you, I guess in AFL terms, what is it, 300? You get to a 300-gamer 300, 300 and you're, you're mm. pretty special. Yeah. 500. You know, we talk about in terms of Will Davison currently being out of a drive. It can happen just like that. And yet, Jamie Winkup, seven-time champ, 500 races. Nick Perkett, 200 races. Mm. I mean, incredible, isn't it? That's massive. That's a... That's a that's a lot of. I mean, and it and it depends too. I mean, you, you don't see in that five hundred race starts. You don't see mm. Dick Johnson and Peter Brock and all, Alan Moffat and all those guys because back in those days it was different. They can't. They counting every race now as a race. So yes. And back then they would just have one race a weekend. Mm. So obviously it's changed a lot and the formats have changed a lot, which is, have allowed this. But still, that's a you know that's a long time. What a that's, milestone. And put it on pole for his 500. And put it on pole. <laughs> Tidy. Twice. Can uh, can drive Jamie Wincup. So, yeah, well done to him and well done to Nick Perkett. Here's the, here's the funny mean, thing, though. Yeah, 200. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but Jamie Wincup in 2020, seven-time champion, so many race wins and all that stuff. But uh, Jamie Wincup circa 2003, very, very different beast, which is why we're going to go all the way back to the 2003 Clipsal 500 in Adelaide. Jason Bright has pole position. Mark Scape will start alongside him in position number two. Marcus Ambrose and Greg Murphy. Richards, Johnson, Bow and Todd Kelly. Phil five through to eight. Russell Ingle in position nine. And Garth Tander, courtesy of a mistake in the one-lap dash, finished in tenth position. Another rookie, Jamie Wincup, joins car number 33 from Gary Rogers Motorsport. Anthony Tratt in 22. The race score says that Marcus Ambrose and Mark Scape have already done both of their compulsory pit stops. That's why they, Jason Bright and Stephen Johnson, get the green box on the race score. The top ten includes Cameron McConville, who has also done both of his. Dumbrell and Winkup, the youngsters there, in 11th and 12th positions. Marcus Ambrose, though, throws the first punch of the Clipsal 500. Mark Scape second in race one, Jason Bright third. We go down to the top ten and see that Greg Murphy fought his way back after three drive-through penalties to get into 10th position. Jamie Wincup in his debut for the V8 Supercar Championship Series as a solo driver gets into the top 20. So too does Dean Canto. <laughs> Different world. Hey, you got a green box there, Stevie J. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Where yeah, was good. I? Hang on. P6. P6. P6 I was there. Yeah, yeah. 
five-back fifth loser. Yeah, that's right. Where was yeah. McKeldon? Uh, I didn't hear him in the in the <laughs> rundown of the 2003. Yeah, yeah, P nowhere. Yeah, P in the stand. P nut. P, <laughs> P, P couch. <laughs> but P couch yeah. eating peanuts, was, watching yeah. P six Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> but don't you think that is incredible? 2003. Now let's look at his stats in 2003. Uh, an average start of 23, an average finish of 22. Average 22 race in the season. Five DNFs, including two crashes at Darwin and Pukekohe. In fact, his best result in 2003 was a P11 in Darwin. By the end of the year, sacked by Gary jo- yep. <laughs> Gary Rogers. Gone. See you, mate. <laughs> Get out. You can't drive, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a rubbish driver, Jamie. Amazing stuff, career. isn't it? Yeah. Actually, I well, think he, I think on Saturday he hit me at Darwin, and I fired up at him in Park for May. And then on Sunday, I think did you? I might have been. Possibly the instigator of feeding him into someone, which made him shunt. <laughs> By memory, <laughs> and your memory is pretty good. So I, think I would bank on that. You though, actually anyway, did that. Yeah. Yes, even though he's a seven-time champion, yeah. and you're how many? Three in TCM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, win cup. Wait till he comes to Steve's territory. <laughs> Three in TCM. <laughs> Oh, that was very fun. Yes, look, um, uh, Nimsy, you're dead, right? 2003, Jamie was Gonski. He was about to be a memory. He was in the right place at the right time to uh, and had the right attitude with Roland. You know, said to him, oh, you don't have to pay me. You know, I'll just, I just want to drive for you. I just want to be there. And uh, signed him and up he came. And, and you're right, the rest is history. Seven-time champ, three-time, four-time Bathurst winner. Mm. Had a, an, an enormous career. And uh, all respect to him. Having said that, in 2003, I do suspect, Stevie J, that the GRM cars weren't fabulous. Yeah, well, who was... Uh, it would have been Tanda. Would Tanda, have been his yeah. teammate. Tanda, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Was it Tanda back then, before he went to HRT? Yep. And uh, so, look, I mean, you know, making his debut, not particularly an easy thing for uh, for Jamie. Um, but you know, when you roll something in glitter, it's still something. Mm. And I reckon the 2003 GRM cars were something mm. really, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's hard and you don't know. And I know obviously GRM went through a bit of a lull period mm-hmm. as well. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Jamie, just to correct, Jamie didn't go immediately to triple eight. He went through Tasman, I think as well. Yep, that's correct. Correct. Uh, he didn't have a drive to... in 04. Like he just had no, two no. Enduros. Yeah, just two Enduros, Jason but he Richards. shined. Mm. Yes. He shined with Jason Richards at Bathurst, and I think that's what bricked up Roland's interest. Two things. He had talent, and he didn't have to pay him all that much. So mm-hmm. Roland went, thank you. I'll have you, Jamie, if you'll come up. And he did. Uh, incredible to see what uh, Jamie's done. But, yes, he obviously signed with Triple Eight for the 2006 season because they thought, oh, yeah, this bloke would be all right with Lanzi. Yeah, mm. yeah he'll be all right. <laughs> the rest is... He could put him in. He should be safe. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a good backup driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Do you reckon when Lounsey, they Lounsey sat down and, and had a look at the data and yeah. then it was, you know, Jamie's a bit deeper on the brakes and a bit of mid high mid-corner speed, Lounsey went, oh, righto, good. Yeah, righto. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to give him too much time in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our race rewind here on the driver's seat. We've got plenty more to talk about because Formula One is back next, which means, uh, actually, this is for the first time in a long time, I can dig out this. Oh, oh, Verstappen no, on the inside of Vettel, they no, have touched! Max. That was inevitable! <laughs> <laughs> no, Max! Oh, look, we'll, yes. we'll talk about all things Formula One because it is very, very big. 
Uh, it just seems like this year has dragged on and on, but uh, Formula One returns. We'll talk all about it next on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. A very, very big couple of weeks of racing. Obviously, we've seen the supercars back at Sydney Motorsport Park, but all eyes will be on Austria at the Red Bull Ring because four months after we all sort of got parked up at the AGP, mm-hmm. well, Formula One is back. Oh, that just gives us another excuse to do nothing this week. <laughs> That's G-Rouse. Oh, that is G-Rouse, big Shane Oss. Uh, yeah, I mean... Don't give Shane the credit. It was me. Yeah, but you know, that made it. Shane's Shane Shane took the effort to text in. Shane can get the IP, Teddy. Shane, yeah, Shane can, can help us with the G-Rouse team. racing. G-Rouse um, yeah, I mean, fantastic, isn't it? And and how ironic. Not unlike SMP in the supercars, we're going to go back to back at Austria. We're going to go back to back at supercars at SMP too. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out. Same sort of interest we had in supercars last week about how the look and feel of it and how it was all going to go. Formula One boys and girls are all under the same same issues there. Austria, if you remember, Steve, is the Red Bull ring. Everyone, all of Max Verstappen's mates and fans come out and there's usually hordes of orange in the grandstands and all that kind of stuff. It's an absolute sea, isn't it? Yeah, absolute sea. There'll be crickets there uh, this year. Be interesting to see how that affects everything. Uh, I see McLaren, uh, not McLaren, I see Mercedes is going to be running a special uh, livery, black, uh, a black livery, mm-hmm. uh, which will be interesting to see as well. Um, a bit frosty maybe in the Dan Ricciardo Renault camp. Seeing as though he's pulled the pin. You reckon? I don't reckon. They're they're all professional. Renault's... I can't... And I can't understand any team Mm -hmm. that would deliberately not put all their efforts in... I know they won't do that. ...to a driver that's still racing for their brand. You know what I mean? And Dan is not the type of guy that's... He's just made a business decision. He hasn't made it out of spite or out of... um, Lack of personnel or enjoying it or whatever it is, you know, like he's always yeah. got long there. Yeah. But he he'd just get, feels... He'd get along at a funeral, wouldn't he? Like he, he's yeah, just well, that sort of you like... Know, I mean, you got to draw a line somewhere, but... Uh, <laughs> did, but... I just, did I just step over the line oh, a little bit? Know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just think he's made a conscious decision that he feels that, you know, he wants to get results and he's running out of time. He's getting older and he needs yeah. to get results now and he feels like McLaren is the place for him to do it. So let's, good on him. Let's just talk about how incredibly weird this season is. Now, we've we've said it numerous times, you know, it's unprecedented, it's uncharted, it's bloody, bloody, blah. But mm-hmm. the mere fact that we've got all of, most of the driver mood for 2021 and we haven't even turned a wheel in 2020. Crazy, isn't it's it? Absolutely. We, we all sort of know where everyone's going. We know Seb will be gone. We know that... Uh, Dan's off to off to McLaren. We know that Science is going to Ferrari. Um, Perez will end up doing a life stint at, at f- not Force India. What are they called now? What are they called this year? Not Force India. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I no know, idea. Uh, racing Point. Racing Point, and they're going to be something again next year. I think they're going to be Aston Martin next year. Are they? Our Formula One fans can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, on the speckle text, oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you <laughs> yeah. if you wouldn't mind, guys, do our job for us. <laughs> Make sure on the speckle text uh, you uh, just put your name at the end, please. Yeah, like Shane Austin. Yeah, like um, Shane Austin. And, and you can just read that number again, Nimsy, because no one could hear it over Matt's gaggle laugh. <laughs> O four a double three a ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you want to text in, <laughs> gaggle laugh, right? Eh? 
Um, so look, it's going to be. We know we know Austria is a, a great circuit. We know very. It's got very big bumps there. We know that the the curbs are quite high there. They're so. not doing. It's not a double header though, is it? Yeah, back oh, to back. It's back to back As weekends. It, there weekends. Yes, yes, weekends. So spectacular place in the valley there. And uh, although it was great racing ripper. last year, yeah, it was. That's where Max come through and won from the back from, uh, from the Charles. Back. He he passed Charles Leclerc yep. with a couple laps to go. Yep, heading up the hill there to the right hand again. A little nudge. Poor old H, your wife was distraught because she loves she old Charles. She loves and <laughs> young Charlie. Mrs. Mac does. The unofficial at least, fan At least club, I isn't keep it? her happy when I win my races. So Hey? At least I keep her happy when I win my races. My wife, yeah. Mrs. Mac, yeah. She's happy when you win races. Yeah, I know. Well, she's got to she's got to know someone who wins a race because I ain't gonna win one anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> so we will be watching uh we're going away for the weekend, so we'll be watching uh Charlie Dewey's thing on the weekend on uh, from Austria. So welcome back, Formula One. It's semblances of normality, isn't it, boys? Just a little no, crowd. It I is. It, no fans, it, no sponsors. It, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's things like what's happened, and I don't want to keep bringing it up, but, you know, you think that, okay, we're going to be good now. We're just starting to move forward again, and then the Victorian stuff happens again. So yeah. it just brings... Got to be just, careful. It, it almost puts a big... Not a downer, but it, it almost chops away your, you know, your positive outlook on you know the future, you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of. yeah. Especially, I guess, when some of these teams have been in, and drivers and crews have been in hot spots for COVID globally, like Italy. Oh, my goodness, you know? Yeah, no thanks. Ferrari and Italy, no thanks. <laughs> I love pasta, but no. You've got a La Pochetta. That's about as Italian as you're getting, Nimsy. Um So, I mean, I think it's going to be a very interesting weekend. Uh, look. If you if you dust off the crystal ball, it's going to be the same. I know we didn't see it in in Melbourne, but you know um, Mercedes will be out the front, chased by Ferrari. Um, Why did they change their colours? Uh, because of the Mercedes bands, yeah. because of the Black Lives Matter movement and all that kind of stuff. Right, uh, and and it's a bit of a social just to show their support a little bit. To... And show their... Is, is it just for the one round or for the rest of the season? I don't know. Is it? I, I'm not entirely sure. Not too I'm not sure. I, sure. I, I think they've just sort of done it to put their put a line in the sand a little bit, and uh, I think we'll move on. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, Hamo was, Hamo bit, was yeah. pretty vocal during all that. Yeah. So if you look at his socials. He was very vocal, as you would expect through that that uh, and continues to be through that whole appalling uh, appalling thing over mm. the last month or so, as mm. well. So yeah, I mean, brave move from a team to change a livery on a on a social comment type platform. I think it's that's a big brave move. Mm. But you know, again, we're gonna it'll be interesting to see. I, in fact, take away. The reasoning for it, the car looks unreal. I mean, it looks seriously good in black mm. with that sort of Patronus turquoise stripe through it. I think it looks mm. awesome. Looks very Tim Blanchard wildcard. Um. It looks very <laughs> Tim Blanchard Perth wildcard. Was it just Perth? Tim Blanchard did Perth. that? Perth, yeah. Yep. So looks very similar to that, only more black. Mm. Uh, a couple of texts on the Speckle text line. One who is very confused. Hi, Tim and Gary. Wow. Is oh, it- <laughs> Tim and Gary. Um, Wispy and Gaz. You, oh, you, no. You've... You're very, very early, whoever sent that text in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the boys... So you've set the alarm for PM, not AM, my friend. I'm sure they'll be... AM. I'm sure Gary and Tim will be more than happy to talk about Conor, <laughs> Conor McKenna tomorrow and sidebot and whatnot, but um, that's <laughs> fantastic. But uh, we've got to get to our <laughs> texts. We've got to get to our texts on 0433 <laughs> This one is from Tracy. Love the format. Emphasis more on the skill of the drivers and basic strategies. Plus, by the time the second race rolled round, 
the commentators focused a bit more on all the drivers, not just the favoured ones. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. yeah, agreed, Tracy. That was yep. uh, that was one of the things, again, that they were have changed in the way they're delivering the product is they're going up and down pit lane rather mm. than just, you know, the Fab 4 or 5. They're, they're really looking back through the field. So I agree, Tracy. I thought it was great. What a great format it was. Oh, sorry, Steve. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, isn't it funny, though, when they're doing that, how you know, they have to put the wide angle lens on the cameras because they've all got to stand, you know, one and a half metres apart. So they've got this oh, yeah, stick yeah, that comes yeah, in yeah. for the interview. <laughs> and then good. if and then if the interview gets a bit long, you can see old mate struggling on the stick because the mic's going <laughs> everywhere. And he's going, oh, this is heavy. Can you please stop this? <laughs> Needs a bit of work on the forearms and the triceps. But I think, again, to fill up space and time in the broadcast, they were cl- the drivers were clearly told, no yes, no answers. We want good, long, informative interviews, and they did it. They did it, and it was great. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. What I did find quite funny was the whoever the the phantom microphone guy was, microphone ninja, face, <laughs> the microphone ninja, full face mask, gloves, had the whole lot on. Neil and the team, none of that, nothing, just rolling <laughs> around. But because he had to get close, yeah, <laughs> I, I really did. I, I space suit on. Felt for the microphone ninja though, because. When at, I don't know how much of the um, the coverage you saw, but at the end when everyone's packing up, uh, Crompo is just sitting there trying to get Frosty to the da- Frosty to dance. Go dance, yeah. Frosty, dance, yeah. Frosty, and Frosty's yeah, like, oh, right. "I'm good, mate. I'm good." It's like, Come on, dance, Frosty. Gary Jacobson wouldn't throw him under the bus on that one. He got out of the way very quickly. <laughs> Probably knew there was a receipt coming his way if he did. But um, <laughs> a couple more, couple more uh, on the speckled text. Uh, what a great format! It was one of the best weekends of racing. Hope they stick with it for the rest of the Super Sprints. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the sort of racing you want to see. And yes, I know the, the same protagonists were up the front and winning races, but it was a lot closer than, than the results showed. And, you know, obviously Nick winning that race was just sensational. Yeah, Holdsworth up Holdsworth there. Holdsworth up there. Toddy yep. Hazelwood up there. Chazzy was up there the first few Forward races. had a crack for a while. Forward was up there. So yep. just think. Toddy Hazelwood like, almost for a podium. Yep, yep absolutely. And uh, when he said that he was on for a win, no, I don't think so. But <laughs> just easy, mate. Pump yeah, the just, a pump, just just full <laughs> pump the brakes, mate, and change that fluid because it's uh, uh, it really won't on for a win. But you're possibly on for a top three, absolutely. You know, he had the the tires underneath him, he had the car speed, um, but he had that roll bar. I don't know if it was a roll bar or the roll bar adjuster broke, and he couldn't adjust yeah, the car adjuster. on the on the fly. So, um, but I just think it was great. I just love seeing. A lot more variety up the front, you yep. know. I mean, people th- must must think about me and go, "Oh, you must just all you want to see is Shelby Power up the front." No, well, it's not the case. I love. I'm a racer. I love yes. racing. Yeah, and I want to see good racing. That and I can confirm. Having watched with you, mm. you do cheer for other people rather than just DJR. You yeah, must absolutely. be having a kindred spirit on our text lines, Dave, because someone has texted in. As much as I like SVG to get another championship, I love seeing more drivers and teams at the sharp end. Get a level playing field and drivers and teams have to work hard. Well, you haven't got me here for my pretty face, Nimsy, so <laughs> just pushing on a little bit and uh, Matthew's looking at me disgusted. I'm just going. saying nothing. I yeah. am saying nothing. But uh, it's true. And, and that's not, a not and, even. And that, that's a real, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's true. I couldn't help myself, so um, pretty face. But it's true what? that... You know, I'm a racer, and but I'm a fan too. I love. Yeah. I don't do it. I do it because I love it, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy driving, mm. but I also enjoy all motorsports. I'll sit there and watch Formula One, even through its most boring times. You know what I mean? And it can get boring, as you know, as you mm-hmm. just look at me and cross your eyes, Matthew. <laughs> but 
Yeah, but <laughs> you know, I love watching rallycross. I just love watching motorsport. Yeah. And that who, who was that that texted in there, Nimsy? Sorry, uh, the last one? Didn't leave a name, unfortunately. Oh, no name. Oh, Come mate. on. You're going to leave names there, so we can give you Joe a... Phantom. Um, <laughs> so, give so the, Joe. Give me the texter. Yeah, well, so what Joe said was fantastic because he's a fan and he wants to watch racing yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And that's what it's all about for me, just the passion and the want to see some massively good door-to-door wheel rubbing racing with amongst different amongst people different people yeah, and yeah. see it'll happen i don't like to see you know these massive teams with massive money always doing the job i, I don't like that you know? speaking of doing jobs or not doing jobs very quiet from kelly racing yeah it was actually really quiet from from rick and home google i reckon yep. it yep. was just i'm going to i mean rick he was sort of okay, but Heimgartner has normally been that next step in front, I think, yeah, of all definitely. of his teammates. Particularly in the Nissan. Yeah. In the Nissan, and yeah. he was just sort of nowhere. Yeah. Um, didn't really see him much. You know, that's, it, was, it was bizarre. So Rick's that, got the most amount of experience at that circuit, currently active drivers. He is the most mm. experienced driver in the field, and they just didn't seem to get their head around the Mustang. Whereas in Adelaide they were pretty strong. They were, yeah. They showed good potential, but here they just well. They just Sydney didn't Motorsport show. Park, as I alluded to earlier in the show, it is a track that if your car is not set up, you can't yeah. drive around any problems. No. You know, the understeer, oversteer, it's shocking. Casual. And he struggled with understeer. They struggled just trying to get the car yeah. to turn the corners. Yeah. Uh, so you know you cannot drive around those sort of problems at places like Phillip Island, Eastern Creek, or Sydney, Sydney Motorsport Park, Darwin. You can't. You cannot drive around those sort of problems no, on those tracks. If you can't Simple rotate, as that. It's not going to happen. Yep. And that's oh. what they had issues with. Well, I feel for Rick and uh, Andre then, considering the fact we might be going back to SMP next uh, in, <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but uh, yep. So two things. Can I just? I know we've got, we've got to go, uh, Nimsy. But two things I want to discuss very quickly. Firstly, mm-hmm. the new Peter Brock documentary coming out. Uh, I think in on Friday. Two, on Friday. On Friday. Friday. Um, well, so, it's out. It's it's out. Been out in cinemas. But yeah, I don't think that there's been any that have been allowed no. to go. No. And so. and from what I hear, I, you know, I've spoken to James Brock and all that the, about the most realistic, full frontal you can have of the Brock thing. And also Alex Zanardi, one of my heroes, unfortunately, yeah. second round of brain surgery. Forza, my friend, keep going. We uh, we need you around. You've battled heaps and we'd love to see you. And such uh, an inspiration. Absolutely. Mm. We'd love to see you make it back to some level of sport or life or whatever. So mm. uh, big big prayers for Alex and Artie. A big thank you to Nick Perkett for jumping on board. Remember, if you do want to be uh, catch up on any of our podcasts, they are available on our driver's seat app. Matt and Steve, we'll see you next week. See you, mate. See you, mate. See you, Shanos. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.